Hi, I'm Gabby Reese. Join me and my husband, big wave surfer, Laird Hamilton, on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high-quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 for 20% off your first order. Stay connected and never miss a beat with AT&T. Our reliable network covers more roads than any other carrier, ensuring you're always in the loop. Whether it's tournament upsets, buzzer beaters, or social media buzz, stay up to date. Don't let the action pass you by. Check if you're eligible for a free trial of in-car Wi-Fi at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. And keep the madness going. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Welcome into the lounge presented by DraftKings. We are joined by wide receiver Devin Duvernay today. And Devin, oh, we're off to a good start. All right, so one of my goals with this podcast is to get you to laugh. All right, because because you're a mild-mannered dude. So, all right, so we're off to a good start. We got Mm. a smile already, got a little chuckle. All right, what do you think? Don't expect much more. That's (laughs) That's all we get. Do you think we can get something from you today? What do you think? Like some jokes? Can we get a good laugh, a good belly laugh? What's the like, Duvernay laugh even sound like? I'm not even sure. <laughs> there you oh, go. Man. There it is. <laughs> oh, no, it's funny you say that. I get that a lot. Oh, no. It's, it just kind of happens. It, kinda, it, it has to be in the moment. All right, all right, all right, all right. We'll, we'll start it off with some football. You know, it's got to c- catch you by surprise. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So uh, 12 catches on 13 targets this year. Pretty, pretty sweet. Do you remember what was the one that you didn't catch? That's my question. Do you remember the one you didn't get? I'm honestly not too sure. Nice. All right. No, that's I, good. Yeah, He's I like, that wasn't maybe, really a target for me. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe it was thrown out of bounds or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like, they yeah. gave it to target to me, but it was not coming yeah, my way. Know. It was intended yeah. for somebody else. Sat <laughs> <laughs> there. Sat there. So what, what's your mentality going into this week? I mean, obviously, you've gotten off to a really hot start, uh, playing some really good ball, special teams and offense. And now this week, you know, Bates dealing with a foot injury, mm-hmm. going into a big Sunday night football game against the Bengals. And, you know, if if Bate can't play, we don't know yet, uh-huh. then more is going to be on your shoulders, obviously. You know, I mean, how's Devin Duvernay wide receiver one? What's the ring on that? How's that sound to you? I mean, good, man. I just, you know, prepare every week for it, you know, for just for opportunities. You know, I mean, you never know what's going to happen. You never know, you know, things may happen if someone's going to go down. So me personally, I always just prepare, you know, to dominate just every Sunday. You know, whenever my number's call, whenever I get a chance to catch the ball, just dominate. Yeah. So if you look at some of the, you know, the articles of like, you know, surprise players for the first quarter of the season or guys we were sleeping on, your name is often on those lists. Uh-huh. So what does that mean to you? Like, were people sleeping on you a little too much coming into this season? I mean, I guess so. But I mean, you know, it's, I mean, people have their own opinions. You know, I know, you know, I know what I'm capable of. I know what I, you know, what I can do, what I like to do. So, I mean, if people sleep, that's on them. I mean, I guess they'll find out. You know, as I, you know, just continue to get chances to prove myself. The thing that's really stood out to me about your game this year that has has been great is your ability to make contested catches. Like, I knew you had the speed. Um, I, I knew you could get yak once you got the ball in your hands. Mm-hmm. But, like, you have gone up and made tough contested catches this year in the red zone. Talk to me a little bit about that aspect of your game. Yeah, I mean, that's something, you know, T and Dub have really, you know, uh, 
hounded on me about this offseason was just like, man, just make, just be different. Just make the catches that, you know, people don't expect you to make or people don't really normally make in this league, you know, because, I mean, on the outside world, it could look hard, but, you know, he's always telling me, like, man, you got it like that, so just go up and make the catch, focus on the ball. So, you know, this offseason, I really, you know, kind of just thought about it a lot, you know, try to, you know, incorporate maybe drills here and there just to, you know, high point the ball, go get the ball, you know, not look at the defender, you know, and just try to make a play on the ball. That's interesting. Yeah, because yeah. I think I feel like a lot of guys would just be like, oh, I, I always can make contested catches. But it's interesting to hear, like, that was a point of focus for you this offseason. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, especially, I mean, you know, being smaller stature you right. know, or whatever. So, yeah, just, you know, just trying to be different. Just trying to, you know, make those plays that people don't think I can make. And, uh, you know, that, you know, that would drives me. Yeah, I mean, because you don't usually think of a 5'11 dude as being a contested catch guy. Yeah. But the thing that really uh, made me kind of think about that was I went back and saw Eric DaCosta quote from when uh, the Ravens drafted you in the third round. And he said, and I quote, I just like Devin's competitive streak, his nature. He's a tough guy. He reminds me of a few guys that we've had here in Baltimore. And I'll reference guys like Anquan Bolden, Derek Mason, and of course, Steve Smith. These guys had a competitive spirit about them that made them really stand out. Uh-huh. And that's what kind of stands out to me. Hey, back me up here. Yeah. I said after the Jets catch, I was like, that catch reminded me of some of the plays that Anquan Bolden uh-huh. used to make here. And Anquan wasn't the tallest dude either. Yeah. He was just kind of rocked up and uh-huh. he had that competitive spirit, you know, yeah, and yeah. like, you know, the Tim McCourty point and all that stuff. <laughs> and like, you know, like that play kind of reminded me of Anquan. Like, is that something that you feel like, you know, you made it a point to focus this offseason, but like, even though you aren't tall, you're, you're a muscular dude that you mm-hmm. can box people out kind of. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, use you can use strength, strength in a lot of things, and then back to competitiveness. And like, I'm super competitive, man. With everything I do, man, a DB, I'm I'm trying to get after him. You know, blocking, you know, catching the ball, running the route. So, so yeah, I definitely just find find love in being competitive. Right. Were Anquan, Steve, were those guys that you kind of looked up to in your youth, or who was it that you kind of modeled your game after a little yeah, bit? Yeah, no, I for sure kind of I watched uh, you know Steve Smith and his, for sure in his Carolina days. Watched him a ton. Was a big yeah. fan of him. And nice. Yeah, no, that was some someone I yeah, watched a ton well, for sure. Personality-wise, you two are just two peas in a pod. You're so like <laughs> you and Steve Smith. <laughs> really? That was the other part that cracked me up, too, about both your touchdowns. Like the So you make the play. Mm-hmm. The, the ref signals touchdown. And both guys were still trying to rip the ball out of your hand. Like oh, yeah, after, yeah, yeah. like you're on the ground. They're yeah. still wrestling. I'm like, dude, the, mm-hmm. it's a touchdown. Like, yeah. get off. But the funny thing is, Steve would have ripped that dude's head off. Steve <laughs> <laughs> got up and ripped that dude's and you didn't even react to the guy like still yeah. trying to rip the ball out of your hand. Yeah, I was just like, man, it's a touchdown. What are you doing? <laughs> like, like, let go of the ball. But yeah, I feel you. Yeah, yeah. You, what What do you do when DBs talk trash to you? Um, I'll say some stuff back. No, kind of. Yeah, kind of get going. It, it honestly drives me. You know, I like I like the trash talk. I like. I think it's part of the game. I think it's good for the game. But uh, but yeah, yeah. I'll, you know, I'll draw back a little bit. You know, get a little physical. I like getting physical, things like that. So, so yeah, I definitely don't, you know, don't take anything personal. And I, you know, I think it, you know, ke- keeps me going. I, I really want to hear Devin Duvernay. We, gotta, like, we yeah. gotta get you mic'd up. Yeah, I'm gonna know that. I'm not gonna say anything. <laughs> <laughs> we did have that. De- we had Devin mic'd at the Pro Bowl, but those practices are a little bit uh, tamer. We'll yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Not for as sure. much trash. Yeah, yeah, not as much yeah, trash nah. talk going on at the Pro Bowl practices. <laughs> 
So when we're talking about like comparisons, another guy that we've gotten a lot of questions or who fans often talk about in reference to you is Debo Samuel. And they talk about, you know, can Duve like run the ball out of the backfield? Can he kind of be this running back wide receiver hybrid? Like, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts about that? I mean, you know, I guess I've honestly I haven't really thought too much about it. Okay. I, mean, I know people, I guess think we you know kind of have the same stature you know kind of can play alike this and that yeah i mean i mean yeah i mean just it's just kind of cool seeing you know coaches you know utilize their guys in you know different ways and yeah you know i feel like i you know i enjoy my role here you know love the way i'm being used you know Giro has you know a ton of stuff for me you know even you know stuff out the backfield wide out deep you know i mean but yeah it's pretty cool to see how the game's you know going yeah it's cool do you think that is kind of i don't know if it's a future of the position because it's so unique but it like do you think we could see more players trying to do those types of things and coaches trying to use receivers in that type of way i think honestly i think so i've seen you know i've seen jeffrey justin jefferson be out the backfield i've seen cooper cup you know debo i've seen yeah a number of receivers you know get backfield action and i think it's yes trending upwards yeah, for sure. So the other interesting thing is like, you know, last year, last couple of years offensively, you were a little bit more of a gadget guy, you know, a lot of sweeps and stuff like that. But like the the production and like the high volume aspect, I mean, certainly something you're used to from your college days. Yeah, I mean, yeah, at yeah. Texas, like yeah. you and James Perchet were going back and forth for <laughs> yeah. the, the nation's lead in catches. So yeah, like, yeah. did you always feel like, hey, man, like. When it comes to my time, you know, mm-hmm. that they're going to be targeting me a lot, like, I'm going to be ready for that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I knew it was – I mean, I know there's always, you know, guys in front of you, guys that are drafted, you know, years before you and things like that. So I knew I had to, um, you know, wait my turn. You know, I just – you know, I just stayed stayed ready, you know, worked hard, you know, was super focused in practice and meetings and, you know, whatever my number was called, I was ready, whether it be when I had a smaller role, you know, yeah. no role or – you know, where I'm, you know, continuing to get a bigger role. When you're as competitive as you are, how difficult can that be? Yeah, yeah, for sure it can be difficult. You got to, you you got to talk to yourself. You got to, you know, just think bigger picture, just kind of, you know, just focus on yourself, just continue to, you know, improve your game. So when the time comes, you know, you're at the, you know, the highest level you could have put yourself at to, you know, go out and make the best of that opportunity along those lines like what is it like when you, you come from texas big time college school mm-hmm. and you put up monster numbers what was it 106 catches is that something like that yeah, what, was what was it I you know it here i think it was 106 yeah, yeah, yeah. Like 106. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> light work <laughs> um but when you do that and then you come to the nfl and like you have to kind of wait your turn to yeah. a certain extent and earn your spot like what is that challenging like how do you how how have you felt about that I mean yeah it it was challenging at first but I found I kind of you know just talk to my I do a lot of self-talk I just found find the bright side in it you know think of it as you know opportunity to just get better work on my game um and just I mean knew knowing my time's gonna come I just got to get better continue to work I knew I was coming to the NFL I mean it's kind of like a starting over process for everybody kind of got to earn your respect Mm -hmm. you know kind of earn your ways get to let the coaches you know get to know you and things like that so I mean that's kind of how I viewed viewed it right a lot of people obviously asked uh bait you know how he felt about the Hollywood trade and stepping into the number one role but really you know 
that trade almost impacted you or yeah. said something about the organization's faith in you more than it did about bait. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure. Because it opened up that starting spot. What was your reaction uh, when that happened on draft night? Were you watching the draft when it happened? Just take me into that. Yeah, yeah, I was watching it. You know, I was, I was surprised by it. You know, Marquise, I mean, was, was my boy. You know, I hate to see him, you know, yeah. get traded, you know, things like that. But, I mean, you know, deep down I knew it was just going to prevail more opportunity. You know, for me, you know, for the guys. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just got to, you know, make the most of it and, you know, super excited for the future. So what is that night like? All right, so you're watching the draft. Mm-hmm. Did you know it was coming or not? Were you surprised like everybody else? Yeah, no, I was surprised. I mean, I you hear a little trickles here and there. Right, but it's like, is it but it's like yeah, 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 exactly. But so, yeah, I saw it and I was like. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, that, that's the re- yeah. What's the oh wow face from Devin Duvernay? Look yeah. like they're you know all the rest of us like. <laughs> I want to see what your wow. You're no, just like just you just like, did. He's like right. no, exactly. Well. I was like that. I was like oh wow. Yeah, that's I'm it. Sitting there watching the draft. And do you do you like? I'm curious. Curious. Like, do you then get on the phone with like the other receivers? Like, do you call, talk? Are you watching with friends or family? Like, what is that night like? Or you just say, oh, I'll talk to these guys later. Like, what is that like? Yeah, and no, I was watching. I was watching it by myself okay. at, my, at my place, and I uh, pro had actually texted me and said, "Man, it happened." And then I guess my TV was like a little bit behind, mm. and then it ended up popping up on my TV, and I was like, "Wow, it yeah. really did happen." But, yeah. So then obviously there was all the talk this off season about the receiving core and, and the way that you, you bring somebody in and all this. And, and you guys said so many times that you were confident in the group and you were going to prove a lot of people wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think that you certainly have done that uh, as a group. And I think you specifically uh-huh. uh, over the course of this year, what does it mean to basically say that you're going to do it and then do it? Yeah, actually go out there and do it. It's easy to say that we're going to do it, but you guys have actually... You can shut your mouth. (laughs) I'm just just joking. No, man, we just just knew the work we put in, man. We we watch each other every day. We all know what we can do. We all, you know, we've all played in a game on Sunday, you know, in our past. So we all knew what, you know, what being an NFL receiver was like. You know, you kind of watch guys, watch things, so... So we're like, yeah, we know we can compete with these guys. We know we can match up with these guys, you know, this things like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, man, we just continue to keep going, man. If anything, it just drives us, I feel like. Tell me about, uh, you know, in college, you know, you were a kick returner, but you didn't return any punts in college. Yeah, no. So uh, <laughs> who was the first person that uh, approached you about doing that here? And were you like, yeah, let's get it. Or are you like, mm, this is might be a bad idea. <laughs> like, yeah, no, you know that's, that's I mean? funny. That's funny you say that. But I think, yeah, Chris, after the first training camp, he had kind of, they always just kind of had me catching punts and just, you know, just for safe measure, you know, yeah. things like that. And But in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm never doing this. <laughs> but and then I think uh, at the end of camp, he kind of just called me up in his office and was like, hey, man, don't be surprised if I just, you know, throw you back there one of these weeks. And so I was you're like, like, and I was like, Damn, he's for real. But, <laughs> but still, in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, whatever. What are the odds? And then I think it was – I can't remember the first week it was that I did punts. I think it was – it was later in the season. Like I want to say it was like like a play, like close to the end. It was like we played – was, it was the Giants. I remember the game was the Giants. I think yeah. We played, it was like week maybe 14, 13, mm-hmm. yeah. something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And he was like – I think they told me like Thursday or Friday, like, hey – like make sure you get out there. I was like kind of warming up in the locker room or whatever, and they're like, hey, make sure you get out practice to catch punts. And I'm like, like, dang, why is everybody like pressing me? Like everyone was like pressing me about like going out to catch punts. And then, uh, yeah, he told me he's like, yeah, you're catching this this Sunday. And I was like, damn, that's <laughs> damn. 
but I mean, I was I was pretty confident though because I did it all year in practice catching yeah. the ball and stuff like that. It was, you know, it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. You know, you kind of growing up just seeing punt returns. You know, people getting killed and <laughs> stuff like that. So you're like, you kind of have nightmares about it. But but no, it's once you the hardest part is just catching the ball and then you know go from there. So but yeah, no, it's it's definitely fun. I think being a punt returner is one of the hardest jobs. Take it from experience here. You know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> should really see him first. No, but I, 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 I just think it seems to be one of the hardest jobs. Like you're in a stadium, there's all this going on, and, you, and you're not looking at what's coming towards you. Right. You're mm-hmm. obviously just looking at the ball. It's like you it, have to have bifocals. Well, yeah, actually, so yeah, actually, when I'm back there, I kind of I look at the ball for sure, but I actually try to take a peek. Really? And, and, yeah, how many peeks do you take? I usually it depends how high the ball is. Sometimes usually usually like one. I'll usually like track the ball for a while and then take a quick peek and then determine if I'm a fair catcher, you know, if I have room. But if it's a real high one, I'll kind of like peek, look, track the ball, look again, and then catch Interesting. the ball. But it's, yeah, it's, it's just kind of a feel. Is that how most guys do it? Or most guys, it's almost like you have to be looking at both at the same time or how, or they don't even I'm, look at the. I'm honestly not one sure. eye goes up, the other guy goes up. I know we're really <laughs> usually on uh, like lower kick balls. You can kind of like look at the ball in periphery, right, like what's right, in front of you. Right. But if it's like real high where you're your chin is like really up you kind of got to peak like keep going well and that's what's the amazing thing about how well you've done because you you didn't have this history and like like you're saying like really the hardest part of the job is having that feel right Mm -hmm. like i asked chris horton about that today and you know Uh what makes you so good and he's talked about like decision making Uh like that is really such a hard part and you had no feel for that yeah 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 it's crazy (laughs) to think about yeah you got to have a good feel and yeah, like half the battles making smart decisions. Right. I mean, protect yourself, you know, with the fair catch and then, you know, just catch the ball. So So what part of the job do you like better? Wide receiver or, or returner? I'll say receiver. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say receiver. All right. So what does it take? Like, I gotta think that as a returner, calling a fair catch is a good thing to have in your back pocket, but you don't want to do it, right? Yeah, so, yeah. So like sure. like what does it take? What do you need to see to be like, all right, you know what? No shot. I'm getting anywhere on this. I'm because you don't call a ton of fair catches. Yeah, like yeah, you yeah. usually like pooches, pooch uh situations are usually like most of the time fair catches because shorter field obviously, you know, the punts usually higher and you know the um punts team usually getting down quicker. But on, you know, big field, big field returns you know, I usually have more space. I kind of look at, you know, pre-snap stuff to think of that. But I'd say if what's like a no-go where I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not doing this. If I see when I get back there, I get under the ball, I see like a take a peek and I see a gunner just screaming down at me mm-hmm. or like somebody's just screaming down like in there within. If I know they're going to hit me as soon as I catch the ball, if I'm not going to have time to make a move, then, yeah, I'm probably going to have to fair catch it. All right, last punt return question. I'm just hyping you with punt return questions. You, Garrett's I, like being ready, to, getting ready to be your backup yeah, or something. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You never know. The more you can you never do. Know, huh? The more you can do. So, so what I love about your punt return game is like your ability to get like eight yards like easy. It just seems like you can like easily get seven, uh-huh. eight, nine yards without even like really. How much of it is like looking for the big play and how much of it is just looking to get a little something because that's one of the things I think that you you do better than anybody. Yeah, yeah, it's not always pretty. Chris always just tells me, man, just just get up field. Just get up field. Um make smart decisions, don't go lateral, don't go backwards. Um and yeah, just start start vertical and then, you know, take it from there. You right. know, the rest will take care of itself. Right, interesting. All right, so how does it make you feel in a stadium now when you hear yeah, no, that's that's pretty cool. This is kind of surreal just to, you know, hear hear the crowd screaming that. 
That's neat. Okay. So, so one of our broadcast inter, uh, interns, Dejour Brown, okay. big fan of yours, sitting right over there uh, <laughs> with his face buried in his hands, right? I like literally can't keep track of the times that I've heard from his cubicle, uh-huh. dude got that dog in him. <laughs> <laughs> like, we hear, how many times a day do we hear At that? At least once. <laughs> At oh, least once. At least once a day. Early. So, like, so this question comes from him. I let Dejour send in a question, <laughs> okay. okay? And his question is if you lamar hollywood or kyle and kyler are playing tag you're not you're not racing you're playing tag tag. who's getting tagged first who's getting tagged first and and kyler murray this because your cousin your cousin everyone's it who's getting tagged well yeah i guess who's it (laughs) who's it it was just like people are chasing them okay just the people if anybody's chasing them like Like if i'm chasing them who's getting caught first Okay. Oh, five random NFL. Oh, well, these five. These five. These five. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Anyway, go ahead. If five random. Okay. Who's getting caught first? Right. <laughs> I don't think Lamar getting caught first. He. Lamar, not Lamar. Uh, yeah. I guess keys. Oh. <laughs> I mean, he's fast, but he doesn't have the wiggle I mean, as much. I don't know, man. Yeah, that's a tough one. Kyler's gonna outlast Marquise. It's, it's, it was between him and it was between <laughs> Kyler and Keys. Now, I now. I heard Calais Campbell today ask you a question in the locker room, which was, uh, do you think you're one of the five fastest <laughs> players in the NFL? <laughs> and you said... Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, the stats say that you are. Yeah, exactly, yeah, just exactly. 21.6 miles yeah, per hour, stats, nobody's yeah. topped it. Yeah. Do you t- is that something you take a lot of pride in? Yeah, speed, yeah. Yeah, I do. And I mean... Yeah, I think even last year, I think I hit faster on my rookie year. One of the years, last year on my rookie year, I hit faster you, than that. You did. Game, it was so. the, it was it was last year. You hit twenty one point seven six because I had that okay. keyed up because I was going to ask you if you're gotten slower. And I think I think even <laughs> I can't, I can't, uh, I think what was it? I think the kick return rookie year. I think I might have hit even. Oh really? Faster than that? Yeah. Really? I can't remember, but hey, man, numbers. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Hi, I'm Gabby Reese. Join me and my husband, big wave surfer, Laird Hamilton, on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high-quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 for 20% off your first order. <laughs> well, so your dad was like a, a really good track runner in uh, New Orleans, right? Uh-huh. Um, and so he trained you and your twin brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you were like trained as track athletes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we yeah grew up like all working out together, 
pushing sl- or pulling sleds, bungee cords, all that. Yeah, and we grew up running track. How old were you doing that? Like, uh, we started running track at like four or five ish. Wow. I'd say like working out, like kind of like that. Mm, I don't know, middle school maybe. Wow, yeah. you were running track at four and five years yeah, old. Yeah, something something like that. Real young for sure. Mm-hmm. That's really funny. I know I was playing football at like four or five too. Right. Yeah. Wow. So. A couple more for me. One of the things that, that stands out to me is like you are a disciplined guy. And like just as a as a little story here, like we were talking about doing this interview before practice, but it's like 90 minutes before practice and you're like, you got your routine. Like yeah, you, yeah. like other guys are kind of hanging out and eating lunch and like you're stretching <laughs> and you're going through your routine. Like yeah, yeah. it impresses me. And I think that that's every like player who's had like longevity in the NFL, it seems mm-hmm. like that's one of the things they talk about. Routine, consistency, yeah. taking care of your body. Talk to me about like that. Is that always how you've been? Is that something that you've added to your game? Tell me a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, no, I've, that's I've, how I've always been. With almost everything in life, man. I just feel like I gotta just have structure, just have stuff laid out, just have a plan. So you know, so I'm just not going with them with the flow of things. Kind of, I got one thing. I know, like you know, getting the tubs. Then I'm gonna go. You know, I'm listening to music. I'm getting in the tubs. I'm getting stretched. I'm getting the Magnawave machine on my leg. I go stretch and roll my feet out, get taped, stretch my ankles, uh, put my stuff on, go out to the uh, turf and do my little, you know, warm-up, running warm-up, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah. It's, it's working. Like all season. So, yeah, I'm sticking with that. All right. Last one for me. Has Calais Campbell actually started you yet in fantasy? Because, you know, we had him mic'd up earlier this season. That's a great question. And he He, said that he had you on his bench, and then you had two touchdowns that game. Yeah, yeah, No, he he told me he did. So (laughs) so I'm going to take his word for it. You're going to have to check that lineup. Yeah, I know I am. I'm going to have to recheck and see, like, hey, you still got me starting or what? (laughs) (laughs) I think you should have me starting on Sunday. I think that much. And last thing I'll, I'll show you is proof that you got that dog in you. We got an x-ray. We got this from Dr. Carl. <laughs> That's the proof of it. That's the proof. We got the x-ray. Got that dog. And we got a laugh out of you. This is successful. Yeah. All right, dude. Thanks man, a lot, yeah, man. No, I appreciate, appreciate, appreciate it. All right. Well, great stuff from Dude. Are you going to be doing that in the press box on Sunday? Oh, for sure. All run- M&T Bank Stadium is going to be doing that. When he runs back the opening kickoff again? Oh, for sure. Sh- oh, that would be amazing. I lost. We got a little warning in the press box the other day. You and I are we're on thin ice in the press box for our cheering now. You know, like you're supposed to keep it on the wraps. And you and I, you last week, I took the fall, but it was you who went nuts on the Marlin interception on the Bills' first drive. Marlin picks it off, and you're like, "Oh yeah, you gave a big one." And I got, I got talked to. No, see, that's the difference. Any, first of all. Any listener of the podcast knows that if there's somebody who's going to be loud and making a scene, it's loud not me. It's going to no, be you. <laughs> it's going to be you. I understand that that's a totally fair comment, but on this one, it was you. I'm keeping it on the rest. Is this New England press box style? I'm a new, yeah, oh, you didn't break any chairs. This is a celebration. <laughs> I'm an angel now in the press box. Silent. I think, you know, what I do is is I am I talk to myself, but I'm not loud. Let's go. Let's go. A lot of that. A lot of that. But there's not much, like... You, you are hit, you hit a six or a seven. No, volume. you yell at the refs openly. You stand oh, up and you yell at the refs. Well, one thing that really gets to me is, um, you know, and I noticed a lot of this from the Bills media. When the other media members come up in our press box and start yuckety yucking a little too much, <laughs> that starts. And the Bills, like you know, like who who lives up in northern New York and isn't a Bills fan? Right. Even if you're in the media, they are some. 
fan media. I'm yeah. telling you, that you know, it's a bunch of we going on from the newspaper <laughs> rights writers up there. For you and I, we're allowed to do that. Yeah. But when they start yucking it, mm, that that starts to get to me. All right, so before we continue the conversation and look ahead to this game against the Bengals, <laughs> yes, we yeah, do want right, to give a shout-out to our friends at DraftKings because as listeners and viewers know, the sports landscape is always changing, and this week is no different. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports and still has daily fantasy contests running for those who are looking to have skin in the game. Though This is simple. Every player has a salary associated with drafting them. You assemble a lineup of players, and then you try to stay under that salary cap, and you watch your points pile up. Yep. So you know how to play. Go ahead and download the DraftKings app today using the code FLOCK. Get that done today, and new users will get a free entry with their first deposit. Again, the code is FLOCK, and that's at DraftKings. Yeah. So obviously, huge game coming up against the Bengals. This is really, I think, a bigger game than the Bills was. Right, because this is division opponent. First and foremost, when you look at the Ravens' priority list at the start of a season, mm -hmm. the top item there is win the division. That's the first goal, right? And so this is the start of that as the Ravens' first AFC North game, and and then obviously you layer on top of that. You know the Ravens are coming off a tough loss, and and you'd like to build a little momentum. You've lost two games at home. You're riding a five-game home losing streak. It's prime time. And the Bengals and what the Bengals, you know, two blowout losses to the Bengals last year. They're talking some smack. Joe Burrow likes to do that a little <laughs> bit. You know, a lot of factors converging here that make this one feel like it's kind of like an early season playoff game. Yeah, I think there's truth to that. I, I agree that this game is, like, more significant than the Bills. If mm -hmm. all the other factors, yes. But more so than anything else, it's the first division game. Yeah. And you have a chance here to... to Put yourself in the driver's seat in the division. Both teams are two and two. I think it's going to come down to these two teams uh, at the end I of the year. I ultimately think that as well. Um, I'm not ruling the Browns out, and they certainly, if they hang around enough, and when Deshaun Watson comes back, that could mm -hmm. obviously be a game changer. So I'm not ruling them out, uh, but I my, my guess right now is that it's going to come down between the Ravens and the Bengals. Yep. And so, you know, like they say that division games count for two. That's like kind of a thing that you hear a lot from coaches and players a lot. When it's the game against the team that like you're probably going to be coming down to the wire against, it might count yeah. for three. I mean, right. this is about as significant as as it gets, especially at home. Yep. Especially at home. So, I don't know. I think that there was it was kind of interesting to hear from some of the players this week. You know, particularly Lamar Jackson talking about the need to defend home turf and win at home, mm -hmm. and like that is definitely something they've lost the two this year. I know it's a five-game losing streak going back to last year. Personally, I don't. That doesn't put, really count. I don't put much stock into the games from last year when you were dealing with um, most when of the team. You on and IR. I were stretching, yeah. getting ready to go All, out there. You know, so much of the team was injured at the end of last season. Right. The two this year are significant, though. And yeah. And so, for sure, I think that there's a real sense that, like, okay, there's a sense of pride. The Ravens historically have been a very good team at home. MZ Bank Stadium is historically a very hard place to play. It's even a harder place to play in prime time where the Ravens are 18-2 and two Pretty good. under John Harbaugh. Pretty darn That's good. the best winning percentage in the NFL during yep. Harbaugh's tenure. They don't lose at home at night hardly at all. Yep. So for all those factors, like— And the all-black uniforms. I mean, come on. I know. You just add it all like the— Come on. All the stuff. Nelly at halftime. Nelly! I mean, it's getting hot in here, man. <laughs> 
<laughs> so it, it it is gonna be um an awesome atmosphere and this is like this is one that the Ravens know that they need to win. Well and obviously a lot of it comes down to I think the Ravens defense and their pass defense mm-hmm. against the Bengals, Joe Burrow, you know, and then obviously T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Tyler Boyd. I mean that trio, Marlon Humphrey said it himself, that's the best wide receiver trio in the league, and I think he's right. Mm-hmm. And so you know, on paper, you have the uh, this high-powered offense, passing offense, and then you have the 32nd-ranked pass defense in the league. The Ravens have struggled. Now, you know, I almost said this. I, I said this in private last week. I kind of kept it under wraps. Now you're going to say it publicly. Now huh? I'm going to say it publicly, okay? This is better be good. So I've kind of felt like the Ravens are going to have a game where they just strap up some really good passing offense, mm. right? Like where the Ravens defense just kind of – locks them down and and when you're not expecting it right and it happened last year against the chargers you remember that when when herbert justin herbert came in and you know they have mike williams and keenan allen and they have all these weapons on passing offense and you're saying this is going to be a shootout early season shootout i think it was around this week five around this time yeah and then the ravens just just was just a blowout it was just a blowout Yeah. yeah the pass defense was awesome and it was not at all what we expected that game's going to happen. I really, really feel like that game's going to happen for this Ravens pass defense. And I know it sounds crazy. It would have sounded crazy when I, you know, if I said that last year before it happened, right? Because the Ravens have struggled so much. But I, I see signs of this pass defense improving, right? I mean, you look at the Miami game. That one really skewed the stats. Yeah. And you had some big-time pass, uh, you know, miscommunications, just busts, right, that led to these long touchdowns that really skewed the numbers there. Um, and then, but I've seen it get better, right? Like Mac Jones threw for 300 and some yards, but I mean, Josh Allen was held to 212 passing yards, I believe it was right. And I know it was raining and all that stuff, but like you hold Stefan Diggs to under yeah. 70 yards. Yeah. Last game, I was going to say like last game was kind of the game with the exception of the final right. result that you're kind of talking about. Exactly. It wasn't a blow. It wasn't a blowout. In, in but the it was, first half, I yeah. was like, man, I wish I had gone public with this <laughs> statement, you know, but, um, so now you're doubling down. Okay. Well, you know, I, I honestly, like, I have a hard time seeing that happen against the Bengals because they have so many weapons that they can go to. Like, Diggs was oh, kind of the one. So this is the, this, this this is the <laughs> prediction that's, like, not a prediction for this week. Like, this is, like, at some point. This is what, this is my final statement. It's going to happen, <laughs> and it could happen this week. It could. Okay. I'm not going to predict that it's going to happen, but I'm just saying keep that in the back of your head because it's going to happen one of these weeks. Long-time listeners of the Lounge will know that this is, like, the most make argument I've ever heard. <laughs> where it's like, I'm going to make this, like, abstract statement. Long. That, long preamble to set it up. Like, this is going to happen. That I'm going to say. And then I'm, that, that, then I'm going to back off before I even make the <laughs> prediction. And then if it does come true, then it's, you I know told what? you so. You know what? <laughs> You're talking me into it. I'm going for it. Yeah, this is the week. Strapping them up. <laughs> They're only going to give up. Burrow's going under 300. Okay. Jamar's under 100. Okay. I kind of think T might have the biggest game. I kind of think T Higgins might be the matchup problem. Mm. Um, but Burrow's still going under 300. All it's right. going to, and, and Turn him over a couple times too. I'll tell you. I'll tell you this. Burrow is nervous about turning the ball over. That's the one thing he's got in the back of his head. Is you know the Ravens defense. They've given up a lot of yards, but they lead the league in takeaways, um, or I think second in the league. Right. Right. Um, and so like protect the ball. 
I don't think Joe Burrow is going to be feeling quite as much, you know, just like he can push the ball down the field willy-nilly as he was last year when the Ravens didn't have any corners out there. Well, look, look, a, a story with the Bengals really going back for like three years now, and it's kind of a story with them once again this year is their ability to protect Burrow, and that's been a, a challenge for them. Right. They made some big investments in the offensive line. Haven't really panned out But yet. they haven't really panned out. The Ravens' pass rush has struggled this year. Now, right. JPP is now in the equation. He played a ton of snaps in his first game. Odafe had his best game yet. Odafe had his best Seven game yet. tackle sack, forced fumble. Almost had another is fumble. Is he heating up? Certainly, that's the hope. Right. He also came close on another sack, and Josh Allen just kind of got out of his grasp. And yeah. you, you want to see him finish those plays. Right. But, like, if the pass rush can turn it up, yep. and they can harass Burrow like he's been bothered, you know, at times over the course of this year, yep. then I do think that's going to create opportunities for the guys in the secondary and the back end to continue that ball hawking ability that we've seen already this season. Right. I mean, let's be honest. This is the game the Ravens made all those investments for, right? Hmm. I mean, you get torched by Joe Burrow twice last year. That has that that sticks with you during the offseason. Well, and, 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 and the Bengals the Bengals go to the Super Bowl, they win the AFC, exactly. and you know, like, like all right, that's like, we got to beat them. That's where we got to get to. Exactly. We got to go through those guys to get where we want to go. I got to plan twice a year. Quite confident that Eric DaCosta was thinking about that when he signed Marcus Williams. Mm-hmm. That we're going to be able to match up against them when he drafted Kyle Hamilton. Yeah. Right. That we're going to be able to match up against the Bengals better, and we're going to see. Yeah. Well, T. Higgins is an interesting one because I do think he creates matchup problems just based on his size his jump yeah. ball guy and I thought that Marlon Humphrey kind of made an interesting point on that this week where he said one of the things about Burrow and Joe Flacco had this too which was like even if your guy he just puts his guys in positions to allow them to try to go make plays like mm-hmm. even if even if they're covered well he still trusts his players to say you know what I think Jamar Chase is going to win that jump ball I think exactly. T. Higgins is going to win that jump ball so like he's a little bit of a gambler yeah, he's a little bit of a gunslinger, and that presents opportunities for turnovers. And quite frankly, the Ravens just didn't have the horses to get those turnovers last year. Yeah. When, when those opportunities arose, this year's a different story. With going Marcus, back to Higgins, Marcus Williams, is getting one by the way. Ooh, he's getting right. the the two week podcast bump. Okay. <laughs> Skip the week, then he gets the podcast bump. All right, I like that. Um, the 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 interesting point on T Higgins is like a matchup guy against him is is kind of, kind of Kyle Hamilton. Like he has the size. And tough matchup for the rookie. It, would that say. would be a very tough matchup, but yeah. I, that will be one. Do they <laughs> mm-hmm. end up? I don't know. Match it up against each other. Well, much? Brandon Stevens played a lot last week. He was really the number the third, three corner. Yeah, yeah. And so I expect you know he's a pretty physical guy too. He's big I, too. Yeah. Yeah, he's a bigger body guy. I would imagine that he will see a fair amount of action as well. It was interesting. Jamar Chase said, you know, he doesn't think that uh, Marlon Humphrey is going to shadow him like Marlon did the first time that they met yeah. when he ripped off the 82-yard touchdown or whatever it was and went for a 201 yards and a touch. Yeah. Um and he and you know Jamar, the Bengals the Bengals like like I said, they well, like to talk some smack and it's very subtle this week. You got to read between the lines. Yeah. They're trying to kind of play nice and not put up that bold and more material, but he said, "You know, I'm, I'm excited to face Marcus Peters for the first time in my career. I'm I'm excited to face Marcus Peters. Mm. You don't say that about Juice me. You should never Feel excited to face Juice Man. So, the uh, let's flip it over to the other side of the ball before we close out here. An interesting thing this week is certainly going to be the Ravens' offense and how they look if Rashad Bateman is not able to play. We'll see. That is a big storyline. That is a big storyline, and and we'll see. Fingers crossed that he's able to go. Doof. But Doof, Devin Duvernay, baby. there could be a Doof. lot on him. I yeah. mean, this could be a game where he has to ten targets, eight targets. That potential exists. Well, he's caught all everyone but one 
Every time he's been targeted, caught the ball except for one time. So 10 targets sounds like 10 catches to me. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Well, we know he has great hands and uh, he makes contested catches. But yeah, it, I think that will be kind of like, you know, as we talked with him about this, like he's taken steps in his career being the number one guy going into a divisional game, if that turns that's out a, to be the case, that would be another massive step for him. Yeah. Um, and well, a, you, a real challenge. You know Mark Andrews is chomping at the bit, too. I asked him about this in the locker room. You know, he has, what, two for 15 last week? That doesn't sit well with a dog. <laughs> dog. Like Mark, I mean, that post game last week at the Bills game, when he said, what was it? I'm a dog, I like to attack. I'm a dog and I like to attack. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad John Harbaugh is too. Yeah. He said it twice. He followed up too with the yeah. double down on the dog. Yeah. The double dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, he kind of brushed off my question this week when he was like, nah, you know, that doesn't really roll into the next game. Every game is different. Yeah, He's I, locked in. I, I've said this before. I think Mark Andrews, like his focus level this year, it doesn't seem like he is like ever not yeah. laser focused. Yes. And he's he is. doing everything that he can at all times uh, to get better and to improve. And I think that he is going to be, he's going to have a good game. I yeah. think he's going to have a big game. Uh, he does. How, oh, how big? How big of a game? <laughs> I think that Mark Andrews is, uh, we're looking at eight. There's a touch in there. Oh, definitely a touch. At least. One. At least a touch. Maybe two? Maybe two. I think we're looking at eight for, I think it's a monster game for Mark Ooh, Andrews. <laughs> how, how monster are we going? I think it is a monster game for Mark Andrews. I'm going to go eight for 102. Eight for 102. No, no, eight for 100 and oh, then and two, two touches. Touchdowns. Okay, I like that. That my fantasy that, team would also like that. That's that's my prediction. So you made your prediction that the defense is shutting down the Bengals and holding them to zero points. Zero points. And <laughs> I, I did not predict a shutout for the record. But you predicted a very strong showing. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Anyway. So if I'm predicting the big day for Mark Andrews, you're oh. predicting the big day for the yeah. defense, then what does that mean? That means a... You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Hi, I'm Gabby Reese. Join me and my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high-quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 for 20% off your first order.